0: We're a partner men can count
1: on. Contact Cordell, Cordell Cordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome in to a almost 1am edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. This is no longer midnight. We have had technical difficulties, we have had time difficulties, there may have been a beer or two involved, but here we are nonetheless. When I say we, I mean me and your host, TJ McBride, of course, and, the, and my go-to guy, the number two man in everything my life sports, Brendan Vogt
0: at bvote422 on Twitter.
1: Yeah, you best get that correct. You What's going on? You better that title. So.
0: Hope you guys are getting used to the sound of my voice. I just wanted to let you know that I am getting sick of the sound of TJ's.
1: Yeah, and I don't even listen to my voice because I'm already sick of my voice. So at least we're completely in unison in this conversation. So, but the Nuggets played a game tonight, or yesterday, and we're at the point right now where it is time to get into the nuances and intricacies and everything that happened in this 91-89 to home victory over the depleted Dallas Mavericks.
0: Lots to talk about tonight TJ, Jamal Murray obviously not in the starting lineup. Will Barton had to play the one Wilson Chandler left the game early the Serbian sensation had a triple double there's plenty to talk about here dude there's a lot to talk about. I think where we have to start is probably where most folks have the most questions and that is Jamal Murray not being in the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, Twitter was weird for a moment there. It was you me, Adam Mares, I believe Chad Andrews was there, Gina was there Josh Dover of Altitude was there and at one point literally all of us stopped talking and started staring at her phones and typing vigorously. Like,
0: wait, what just happened?
1: Jamal Murray was not in the starting lineup and none of us knew why at that moment.
0: And if the six of us don't know, I mean I'm not trying to toot our own horns, but given that Gino was there, it was like one of us should probably know yeah, what's going on.
1: just like a group of Denver <laughs> reporters like completely lost of what happened. And I did some digging. I come to find out that it was true they were starting Torrey Craig at small forward. Will Barton was going to be the point guard. They had Gary Harris who was still Still coming back and was apparently quote-unquote on a minutes restriction lo and behold what do you end up finishing with 35 and a half minutes tonight and, of course, Nicole Jokic and Mason Plumlee. So, Jamal Murray was out of this lineup, and it took some digging for me, but I ended up finding out it was for disciplinary reasons. The reason was never disclosed. There were fake rumors going around Twitter that it was because of a curfew violation. Which, do
0: the Nuggets even have a curfew? I don't know. At and this their, is the in thing. their home city? This is the
1: thing. Nobody knows, so we can't start yelling about this. It's one of those things where we can't just start all of a sudden being like, you know what, we're just going to pretend this is a curfew thing. It's not fair just to assume that Jamal Murray broke curfew.
0: Yeah, like, look, the the rumors on Twitter were not coming from Nuggets reporters. It was coming from someone who admitted that they made that up. Like, So So if that's just drop that idea, we don't know what it was. We just know that it was a disciplinary issue. This is I expect this to be a one off thing. By the way, fun tangent, a reporter, a Dallas reporter asked Rick Carlisle if J.J. Barea missing a game was just a one off. And being in a scrum with Rick Carlisle is terrifying. Oh, it's terrifying. Just like paralyzed with fear. And he looked at him for five seconds before saying, what's a one-off? So I just really wanted to work one-off into this podcast. But yeah, so Jamal Murray will be back in the starting lineup for the
1: next game. Yeah, that wasn't confirmed, but God, we'd be so staggered if that didn't happen. But
0: TJ perhaps a blessing in disguise because the starting lineup tonight looked very, very good at least in the first quarter.
1: Yes, and it wasn't because Jamal Murray was out of it. I don't want this to be a thing where like, oh, Jamal Murray's gone. Now the offense is good. That's just not the case. But at the same time, the the Nuggets did come out very, very good. They jumped out to a 17 to 4 lead to start the game. They were 7 of 7 from the field. They then missed their 8th shot, but Mason Plumlee gets the offensive rebound and immediately dunks it. Everything was going right for the Nuggets to start this game.
0: It looked like it was going to be one of those games where you could see the Nuggets push one 125 130 tj as it turned out 91 points is
1: not very much no it
0: was not one of those games was it
1: No, not even a little bit. But to get back to this Jamal Murray thing, it was a violation of team rules, and that is all that they disclose to the media. So we don't know exactly what happened, and I doubt we're ever going to find out about it, because this is one of those internal situations where guys just take it on the chin. They're like, yep, I own up to it. I was wrong, which is what exactly Jamal Murray did tonight in the postgame press conferences. And that's what Michael Malone said in his postgame scrum as well, is that, you know what? It happened. He served his time. We still won the game. We can move on.
0: Yeah. Malone had plenty of chances to give us the full explanation. He did not. We're just going to let it go. So Murray's a young kid. He's 20. Whatever this violation may have been, it happens from time to time. Like Malone said, didn't hurt the team in the long run. So Will Barton, TJ, ended up having to play the one because Will Barton has to do a little bit of everything for this team. A
1: little bit of everything.
0: And we've been fairly defensive of him on this podcast. So I think to be fair, we should point out it did not feel to me feel is the right word like he played a great game tonight TJ. And I
1: think you have to look at this in different situations so the f- the first half he was not a very solid player and I do feel like he was taking away the I guess just the rhythm and the flow of the offense at times. Like There was one possession in the third quarter where he came up the court, had an open three, didn't take it. He backed back out, tried to get a pick to come for him to kind of reset the offense, run a pick and roll. There was now 12 seconds on the shot clock. That doesn't work out. He redoubles back out to the wing and ends up taking a long two as the, time, as the time was running out. Those are the possessions that do plague Will Barton. And this is the thing. The Nuggets need Will Barton to be a penetrator and a guy who has the ball in his hands and makes the defense commit to some kind of action. If he isn't doing that, it can really hurt the Nuggets. But if he is doing that, it's very, very helpful, I think. And he wasn't getting a lot of that done tonight. Just one
0: assist. Only one turnover. And yes, look, he's not a pure point guard. But if you're playing the one, you need a little more from him, out of him from that than that, rather. So... It was sort of a disappointing performance offensively. I also thought, defensively, he was being targeted by Dallas all night long, TJ.
1: I think it's interesting, though, because when you look at the box score, like, Dennis Smith Jr. was 5 of 18. If you're targeting a guy in the pick and roll, that's usually the guy you're going to go to. If it wasn't him, it was Wesley Matthews, who was 3 of 10 from the field tonight. If it wasn't him, it was Harrison Barnes, who was 9 of 19. So, yes, there were many moments where you watch an individual play, and you're like, that looked rough. And I'm not going to argue that. That was absolutely the case. But somehow some way, Will Barton turned out a game where he was a team-high plus 21. Game-high, actually. Yeah, yeah. game-high plus 21 in a two-point win. There has to be something to that, right? Right. Now, plus-minus
0: numbers are hard, right? In context.
1: Especially because he started with the team, so you jumped immediately out to a
0: 13-point lead. And what did we say earlier, right? Starters played well, bench didn't, at least in the yes. first half. So, obviously, you're going to see some correlation there between that and his plus-minus. But for him to have the team-high and to that degree shows that Look, this is just sort of emblematic of the Will Barton experience. It can look really, really bad in its worst moments. And just the, the optics of individual plays and individual errors can sort of force you to feel like he's having a terrible game. But look, you have to dig deeper into the box score with Will Barton. We've been saying it all night, all year long. Tonight, despite looking like he played poorly, he was one of the most effective players on the floor. He helped
1: the Nuggets team tonight. Sure I, would, I would say that. He, there were moments where he hurt them, and there's no denying that. I don't no want this to be us just always praising Will Barton because everybody makes mistakes. Will Barton will be the first person that when there is something wrong, like when Will Barton was a little bit too ISO heavy in overtime periods, I believe that was the Minnesota Timberwolves game. When we talked to him after the game, he didn't duck media. He waited for us to come in there. We talked with Will Barton. He was like, I put this on me. Like, I missed these shots. I took over the offense too much. I need to be better. So as much as yes, there are moments that Will Barton struggles. This is a dude who knows that he struggles and works endlessly to get back to being a productive player. And even though there were bad moments tonight, he still wasn't overall positive of this team I don't know about 21 point positive right but he was a positive
0: and that's why he played about 39 minutes in this game I think yeah. Mike Malone saw that as well so it's just another example of Will Barton being sort of stretched thin in terms of what this team asked him to do but look I won't ignore the fact that there are these possessions in in in, in every, all quarters but particularly in the fourth right where it seems like you just got to get the ball to your best players and Will Barton seems like it should it seems like it it should be in his hands. And that can be frustrating as a fan, but he only took seven shots tonight. So I don't think it's entirely fair to say that he has no understanding of his role, right? Or that he's played selfishly or whatever. Because at the end of the day, Uh, Plus 21, TJ, and the team
1: got the win. And the other thing is, too, is that against the... uh, So going back to the Portland game, he played 34 minutes. Against the Knicks, he played 39 minutes. Again, tonight, he played 39 minutes. And Wilson Chandler left the game early, which we will talk about next. But he is being asked not to just shoulder a ton of load in different roles. He is playing an obscene amount of minutes at the exact same time. And this is a guy where he's not on the injury report because if Will Barton can stand, he's going to play. But he has rolled both ankles at multiple different occasions this year he had a lower back contusion that was extremely painful for him that he was even open with about at least to me about where he was like this is something that's gonna it hurts it's something i gotta play through but it's he understood that he needs to play through it so will barton is not only being asked to play one two and three he's not only being asked to play an obscene amount of minutes but he's also banged up while doing so
0: okay so again it sounds like we're just caping for our boy so i guess i just wanted to point out how fascinating this dynamic was is because i was all prepared to concede that he just didn't play well tonight and then yet Plus 21. Speaking of the injury report, TJ, we were slipped a piece of paper tonight letting <laughs> us know that Wilson Chandler left the game early with a migraine issue. So if you were wondering why Chandler didn't check in in the second half, that's something that he deals with. As Mike Malone said after the after the game tonight, apparently it's something he's been dealing with for quite some time. And so it appears that that's what came into effect tonight.
1: Yeah, and it said that it was bothering Wilson Chandler before the game tonight that he could kind of feel it coming on already. And he didn't look very good in the minutes he did play. He was 0 of 1, only had one rebound. He did have two blocks, but you just didn't feel like there was anything extra in his game. There's There was no, no flair. There was no swag. There was no like anything about his game that looked exciting.
0: And one of the things I've liked about him coming off the bench these last two games was... Is his energy level and yeah, let, yeah. To Definitely. your point, didn't seem to be there tonight. Did have a fresh haircut though. Yeah, so very fresh haircut. Right? I
1: wonder if that's why he got a migraine. You know who did play tonight, TJ?
0: Who's that? Nikola Jokic. <laughs>
1: he did play some basketball
0: tonight. You know who quietly played really, really well tonight. <laughs> I TJ? wouldn't say quietly. No, I don't think so. Well, this is this is sort of the thing about Jokic is he's he's. He's flashy if you know how to watch him, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. You know how he plays. You know that it's his playmaking ability. If you're just a national fan and you tune in once, I mean, this guy can't jump. Doesn't look like he's scoring in a high volume. Yet tonight, he had a triple-double and a win.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't just any triple-double. I mean, 16 rebounds is an insane number. He adds two blocks to it, plays 40 minutes. You remember last year, we were like, I wonder if Jokic can play it like 32 right, minutes a game. Right. He's played 40 minutes regularly all of a sudden. And he s- deserves more credit for that, man. We had, no one has talked about that. Yeah, I agree. Like he has been, he has showed up in better condition and the frustration fouls have gone down and he had, he does get frustrated. He it's just does. the fouls that he commits have gone away a little bit, but this is a dude, 40 minutes, 11 rebounds or 11 assists, 11 points, 16, 16 rebounds,
0: rebounds, two
1: blocks on the night. He was a plus nine. He didn't only shoot five of 13, which happens far too often nowadays, but it's good to see Nikola Jokic notch his second triple double of the year in the eighth of his career.
0: And man, the rebounding, he's just an elite rebounder and that makes a difference. Again, these are not Westbrook. Everyone clear the lane so I can pick up a digit in the stat column here. Rebounds. Jokic has impactful rebounds. Before the game, Rick Carlisle told the media the Nuggets are an underrated rebounding team. The keys for us tonight are protecting the basketball and rebounding with these guys. And guess what? they did not rebound with them.
1: 53 rebounds the Nuggets, Nuggets hauled down tonight. That's an obscene number, and they have hit 50 a few times this year, man.
0: They're a very, very good rebounding team, and, and while Plumlee didn't have an awesome game in that regard tonight, I do think that's another factor in Malone's insistence, for lack of a better word, on yeah. putting these two guys Let's together. Let's just talk
1: about this front court rebounding real quick, because you get 10 rebounds from Trey Lyles. You get 16 from Nikola Jokic. That's 26 right there. You did get 8 and from Plumlee, yeah. And then you 8 more from Plumlee. That's 34
0: rebounds between three players and this is obviously without Paul Millsap so this is a team that can rebound the heck out of the basketball and you know we know Jamal Murray is a guard who will get in there and and get his nose dirty so yeah that's that's I'm glad Rick Carlisle said that it's a really good point you think about this team for the ball movement for maybe some people still think about the three point shooting because of last year for me that's one of the first things I think of when I think of the current Nuggets rebounding
1: Yeah, and on top of that, every single starter had at least four boards tonight. Michael Malone always puts an emphasis on guys attacking the glass, whether you're a guard or whether you're a a big, that it's a team effort on the glass. And he always praises Jamal Murray for his rebounding ability. But Gary Harris as well, four boards tonight, man. Like These guys are getting down into the trees and making plays happen. And that's an extremely important, uh, I guess, I don't want to say it's a new thing, but... Those kinds of rebounds, being able to secure and finish a defensive possession with the rebound, is what allows teams to play well in the playoffs as well. Especially when you're a team like the Nuggets, who really have
0: to scrap defensively as it is, right? When they can get a stop, that's big to deny the other team second point chances, second chance points. Excuse me, is huge, and the Nuggets have done that effectively tonight or or this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I think we need to get back to just the abs- just how absurd Nikola Jokic's triple-double was because a lot of those points came later on in the game for Nikola because he was sitting on nine points for what seemed like absolutely forever. And he finally got what was ended up being the game-winning jump shot to fall to give him his triple-double. He had already accumulated 11, 11 assists, and there were some dimes in there. The redirection one-hand pass Ooh. from Gary Harris to Nikola Ooh. Jokic to uh Trey Lyles for a poster dunk was one of the most pretty plays I have seen all year. That's Denver Nuggets basketball. That's a play that really
0: only Jokic can make. I really think so.
1: Yeah, it's up there for sure. Man, Nikola Jokic's second half stat line is so weird. He was only 1 of 6 in the second half, 0 of 3 from 3. He even missed his only free throw, but 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 blocks. And he hit the big shot. which hit was the main big shot. It was his only
0: bucket of the second half. And that's something I really want to talk about, because that's something we haven't seen much of from Jokic. This team has been looking for a closer. We've talked about that a bunch. It had to be Jamal Murray not a week ago. Malone said it tonight after the game. Without Paul Millsap in there, it was very, very nice to see Jokic play like a go-to guy at the end. I think that's something Nuggets fans have been desperate to see.
1: And he did it last year. There were moments last year where he just took over. He decided that he was going to carry the Nuggets to a victory.
0: Sometimes, TJ, I do wonder if jokic is too committed to this egalitarian offense
1: i don't know if it's that he's too committed to being altruistic like that i think more of it is he's just trying to find his role on this team and the offense is so different because by the time by the end of last year it was Nikola jokic and every one of their young players they need to develop it wasn't necessarily like they were going out of their way to play all of their events i mean gallinari and wilson Chandler really unlocked Nikola jokic so they played but they weren't playing A lot of guys in the way where they were... like They were trying to develop more so than just make the playoffs. That was their point of last season. They were And they wanted to make the playoffs by the end of the year. They were pushing for it. But they wanted to develop their players. And Nikola Jokic was able to do that with a more ragtag group of guys. And now that there is this pressure of making the playoffs and doing things the correct way and learning to win every night, it's kind of changed the way that he plays, in my opinion.
0: And this is a guy who's young, who doesn't really have that alpha dog mentality. This is someone who... I think struggles with that, being asked to be assertive, being asked to be the alpha dog, and if it were up to him, he'd rather have games like that Knicks game. Yeah. where the the wealth is spread in my
1: opinion. Absolutely. And like I, I remember we were talking to him about his new billboard that got put up in Denver and his first thing on his mouth was like, "Oh, I don't like to be famous. I don't like my billboard. Let thrill be famous. I don't want to be famous." Talking about Will Barton. And like that that's just who he is. Like even after the game tonight, he had his eighth triple-double. He has more triple-doubles than I believe any European player ever. Like he has more triple-doubles than any center not named Draymond Green. And this is a dude who was talking about Women's Dove's deodorant after his <laughs> game tonight. Like, like he doesn't care about these no, things.
0: He doesn't, and that's sort of what makes him hard to evaluate. I think too, because you watch the Nuggets, and if just sort of anecdotally, it's not like, oh wow, this guy is this guy is taking over the game. This guy is is the best player on the floor. It it, it seems kind of quiet, but then you check the box score, and
1: you're like, oh man. This guy did everything. Yeah, in a win. And it was so important his triple-double because it was those assists that really opened up the floor for the Nuggets. Because they had 23 assists in the night, which was low for them. But he had 11 of them himself. And that was important.
0: It is low for them, TJ. And I thought that that was the problem in this third quarter for the Nuggets. So we talked about how good the starters were in the first half and how the bench kind of struggled. In the third quarter, the starters were back out there. And Dallas opened up a 12-2 run to start the quarter. Five of those points came off of three Nuggets turnovers. Um, That was obviously part of the problem. But the Nuggets really stalled out offensively in that quarter. They couldn't hit a shot. And in my opinion, it's because of how they were trying to get those shots – we saw them in that Knicks game, really playing like they were last year, moving the ball, everyone was moving around. It really seemed like my turn, your turn, between Harris, Murray, Jokic, and that third, and it, it didn't work.
1: Yeah, I think that that's really what it comes down to, is that they played alright defense. I mean, the Mavericks were 12 of 26 in the frame, so they only shot 46%, which isn't good, but it's not terrible. Like This isn't like, you know, you got you let someone shoot 68% on you, and then it's kind of shot you out of the game. Like They were 5 of 9 from 3, which, again, that's a, not a number you want to see, but it's not damning. It's not like Going to doom this team. It's the six of 21 from the field, and even on those six makes, they had four assists in the frame. So on the buckets they did make, they mm. were getting assisted on. It was the empty possessions yeah. that Malone always hammers. We can't have empty possessions is something he loves to go to, and the fact that they allowed that to happen and it bled into everything is what made us feel so nervous heading to that fourth quarter. And this has been the issue with this
0: Nuggets team all year long, playing four strong quarters keeping consistent focus, keeping the right approach no matter who you're playing. And it it just felt very Nuggets to having one two straight, playing an, an inferior team, opening up a huge lead in the first, to just let their foot off the gas in the third, it almost they looked disinterested to me. TJ,
1: I think what really saved them is Gary Harris. Yeah, because it wasn't just that Gary Harris was able to put up a good stat line because he did twenty four points on sixteen shots. He was three of seven from three, throwing four rebounds, four assists, and two steals with only one turnover. That's a very very good line. It was the timing of the buckets that he made. It was the fact that oh no, we gave up a six to four run, or we gave up an eight to two run, or because there were so many runs in this game and Gary Harris would get a reverse layup for a an and one or Gary Harris would hit a three in transition or something he would find a way to stem the tide to be able to allow the nuggets to be like all right we're not out of this we can take a deep breath and get back into our offense and climb back into this game and i don't think they do that without Gary Harris tonight
0: and that's been an awesome part of the evolution of his game right yes. this was a guy who we described as a superb to elite role player last year This year, he's taking it a step further. He's a guy who looks around and goes, wow, my team needs something right now. He needs someone to step up. He's more than willing to be that guy.
1: And the league is now starting to look at him and be like, ooh, that's a guy we got to really game plan for. That's a guy we need to be prepared for on both ends of the ball. And I think that's important. I think the other thing that made me extremely happy about his line tonight is Gary Harris told me last year he wanted to work on his ball handling. He did that. This year, he's like, I want to get to the free throw line more. He was 5 of 5 from the free throw line tonight, and those were huge for this Nuggets team to be able to stay above water. That's a good point. You know who else stepped up in the second half? Who? Jamal
0: Murray. Yes, he really did. He was really bad in the first half. Was he scoreless in the first half? Hang on, let
1: me check my. I don't think he was my scoreless. Do you have all of the box score sheets? Do I you do. literally have all the pieces of paper?
0: Guess what, buddy? He was scoreless at the half. Eleven minutes, he had three turnovers. He was a minus eight, and he finished the game with fifteen points and a minus four. All fifteen of those
1: points coming in the second half. He was huge. He was big time in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he absolutely was. And Jamal Murray is an interesting case study because he gets benched before the game. Like Michael Malone had a conversation and told him this. It wasn't like he found out through the internet or anything. So he went in this kind of, he looked uncomfortable. He looked out of sorts. He looked like he was in his head. The second half came around. I don't know what the hell Malone did at halftime, but Jamal Murray came in like a crazed lunatic looking to do whatever he could to cause chaos for the Dallas Mavericks assuming and this
0: is speculation that malone was fiery and hot at halftime uh
1: that's not speculation malone yeah. is a very fiery <laughs> and hot individual
0: there are some guys who respond to that differently murray is the type of dude who takes that well yes Murray he takes that as a challenge so i would imagine tj he was probably lit into not only as a team but maybe personally a guy who wasn't starting because of disciplinary issues a guy who wasn't playing well i would imagine that if malone tried to to light a
1: fire underneath his ass it worked absolutely it worked And it was huge because it wasn't just that he was scoring. And he was. He was 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, all in the second half. Five rebounds and four assists in the second half alone. Three of those rebounds were offensive.
0: Yes. And they can't. I think at least one of them was a big one in the fourth quarter. It was. A big one. It
1: absolutely was. And this is a dude who plays like his hair's on fire. That's a term that gets thrown around in baseball a lot, and it's something that I think can correlate very well because some guys have that extra gear where it's not that they just get to that extra gear sometimes. Jamal Murray gets stuck in fourth gear and just freaking flies. Like That is kind of one of those traits that he has that not very many players do. That It's just the complete tenacity. It's an insane level of tenacity, in my opinion. The eye of the tiger, baby. Oh, God. He really just seems like one of those guys. I also thought Trey Lyles played really well
0: tonight off the bench. I did too. Yeah, so what did he finish with? 26 minutes off the bench. Uh, he had
1: 13 points, 10 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block.
0: Yeah. I'm going to stick by my my take here, TJ, that... Trey Lyles needs to be coming off of the bench.
1: I agree with that. I think it was a big deal again because we talked about how Wilson Chandler opened up the floor for him in the last podcast when they played the Knicks. Jamal Murray did that for him in this game. He needs somebody with him on the bench unit. You can't just rely on all of your scoring to come from Trey (laughs) Lyles. Yeah, that's true. From Trey Lyles, in my opinion. That's That's one hard thing for me to kind of get past. And so, yeah, and you and I
0: have sort of been curious about how Murray would do off the bench against second unit guards, especially against a depleted Mavericks team. He struggled in the first half. He was big in the second half. I agree that that opened things up for Trey Lyles. But yes, you just I love that spark off the bench, and there's no reason you can't have a bench guy be a closer in the fourth, which Malone did tonight.
1: I have a question for you. What's up, buddy? How much of Jamal Murray's game do you think is actually applicable to being a point guard? A point guard. Not a lead guard, but a point guard. Very little? Yes. Yeah, but I'm also not entirely concerned about that. See, there were multiple times tonight where I was talking to Adam Mars of Denver Stiffs and Jokic would be the first big down the floor. He would seal Dirk Nowitzki completely under the rim because Dirk is basically 85 years old and is attempting to somehow <laughs> play defense with the young 22-year-old studs. And he sealed him off entirely. And Jamal just couldn't give him the ball. Yeah. Like flat out could not get him the ball. And, and I'm talking sealed to where Nikola Jokic in all of his endless ability to not be able to jump off the floor could have gotten a dunk off every single one of those possessions.
0: And that's been a problem in in the Murray to Jokic relationship. Yes, the entire time. I it think. absolutely Murray has. is really not a superb playmaker his ball handling it's okay when he's attacking the rim but in terms of like reading the floor or running
1: a pick and roll he's limited dude he- I think what it is is he has very specific reads he could make yeah. he's not adaptive enough yet and this is he's 20 so he can get there <laughs> and like he plays so hard and he works so hard that he can absolutely get there but as of right now he has the drop pass in the pick and roll to Mason Plumley as the roller he does how to hit the opposite wing when the roll man's not open out of the pick and roll and he knows how to basically go left to right crossover, go back to the left, and then make a dump pass. Those are pretty much most of his reads at that point. When it comes to being able to get the defense to jump one direction so you can get a pass another to get it to Jokic, those are things that point guards pick up on, not lead guards who are still learning to be a playmaker at the NBA level.
0: And, and if you are a point guard, you have to be able to get Jokic the ball in situations like the one you described earlier. Absolutely. You do. Now, in the modern NBA, there's more room for just scoring guards who have a less traditional role, right? A, a less traditional identity especially when you're a team like the Denver Nuggets who get so much playmaking out of their front court and again I've said this so many times that's another thing where if Millsap was healthy that would you know that would be be the case even more so that he's an exceptional passer, so is Plumlee, so is Jokic so the Nuggets can survive that but I think that's a good question TJ and I know exactly where I stand. I do not think Jamal Murray is a point guard.
1: Not yet and I do think he can get there. Like I've seen, I watched a ton of his play when he played for the Canadian National Team when he was younger and still a senior in high school and he was a good point guard for those teams. It Again, it wasn't a savvy veteran point guard making certain reads that other guys just can't see but he was a very serviceable point guard with the Canadian National Team and I think it's important to note that he has played point guard throughout his career so this isn't just one of those things where he's just like here, here's the ball go play point like I don't think that's what's happening but he has a ways to go and that needs to be stated and you know they don't need him to be a floor general but you certainly need to be
0: able to complete those entry passes exactly yeah.
1: exactly but I think the biggest takeaway from this game for me was, first of all, the Nuggets are now on a three-game winning streak, and it feels nothing like a three-game winning streak. You could have fooled me, man. It is bizarre. Walking into the locker room tonight, it felt like they lost the game, no? No. It did. like there was this somber feeling, and Malone hit on it in the press conference after the game. He called it a negative aura around the team in like this and when they had huddles in the middle of like just throughout the game, there was this negative energy around the team. and it's so
0: weird because this is a team that's really, really, really young. And given the millsap injury, you could argue that they're actually ahead of schedule. and yet the overwhelming feeling here is one of disappointment or it seems that way amongst the fans amongst even the players and the coaches at least tonight tj
1: yeah i mean they beat the trailblazers by three at home then they beat the knicks 130 to 118 at home and now they come up with a two-point win and gritty win against the mavericks right now on this five-game homestand that we thought could have absolutely doomed the nuggets they're three and one
0: they're playing well they're in playoff position and
1: everybody tonight, man. Everyone. Everybody had this like weird feeling that they just it just didn't feel comfortable. It felt like guys felt the pressure of what was around them and they weren't loose. Like Will Barton is one of the most emphatic and fun guys to talk to, and he was a mute tonight. He wasn't talking tonight. I got him for about two minutes
0: and I felt like I was bugging him and I let him go. And look, individually, players go through that, right? These guys are people day in, day out. You don't know what's going on in their personal lives. But to have that sort of be the collective sense was odd. Malone almost seemed angry. Oh, he
1: did seem angry to me. He was
0: angry, right? If his team was quitting or not quitting, but if his team was pouting or there was petty stuff or however he phrased it in the third quarter that's something that's going to frustrate a coach but it's just funny to me tj because michael malone will not use the paul Millsap thing as an excuse and he shouldn't as a head coach i will as a blogger that makes a difference this team is still 26 and 23 yeah
1: things are good and that's the thing is that right now they have the second least amount of home losses and the second most home wins in the nba like At some point, we need to be like, you know what? This team's good at home. They're a young team. They're still getting better. They're arguably best player, or second best player, is still on the bench hurt. like There is a lot of things to be positive about. But it feels like a tipping point. This feels like a situation where everything's kind of been culminating up to this point. And I think what makes me the most nervous about that is that they have a hellacious schedule coming up.
0: I was just going to say, TJ, if this is how they feel after winning three in a row, how
1: do you think they're going to feel in two weeks? Especially if they lose like seven of eight against really good teams. Which could happen. It absolutely could happen. I mean, let's just look at the schedule again one more time. You got Boston at home, which you could win, and then a back-to-back at San Antonio. Then Oklahoma City, who is now without Andre Roberson so that'll throw a wrench in the equation but then Golden State then you got you got Houston later you got San Antonio again you got Milwaukee again then San Antonio again and then Houston again
0: and then the Clippers a little break against Memphis and then Cleveland and I, I know they're in a free fall but I wouldn't be surprised if by March Cleveland's playing well again so yeah dude this is going to be brutal, and I'm almost like, I'm not looking forward I'm to nervous. it as a medium. I'm member. genuinely
1: nervous about this team right now. Yeah, me too. But I, at the same time, the tipping point does not necessarily mean it's tipping downwards. A tipping point means either things are going to take off from here, or they're going to collapse. The Nuggets, if let's just say they beat the Celtics, and they f- somehow find a way to play a Spurs team on, on the second night of a back-to-back and win that, and they're on a five-game winning streak. Holy hell are these optics different. Everybody will be ecstatic again. Everybody will be right high feeling good about themselves and you're going into a tough stretch of games with a lot of momentum suddenly like this is a tipping point to where the nuggets are either going to take off and solidify themselves as legitimate playoff contenders or they're going to look like 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 a young team that's still trying to figure it out
0: and you know what i think we're still figuring it out oh, i think the we answer is, is neither one nor the other and and that's sort of what i took away from tonight because the last podcast we did we were talking about what a good mood everyone seemed like they were in. So yeah. this thing changes day to day, and the optics surrounding this stuff and the conversations that TJ and I will have, they change day to day. So the Nuggets are very much a wait-and-see team, especially with the stretch of schedule coming up. But, yeah, I'm fascinated by this dynamic, man. This is a team that, that probably should have plenty to feel good about, and it just didn't feel that way tonight.
1: I, I cannot wait to see what happens in these next few games. I am just absolutely excited because right now, I mean, they still have a lot of home games left. Like they finish up their five game home stand with Boston on Monday, which we will both be at. Then they have at San Antonio. Then they come back home for three more straight home games against Oklahoma City, Golden State, Charlotte. That's the stretch. That three game homestand is going to tell us, I think, everything we need to know about what this team is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You got um, anything else, by the way? No, nah, I'm in wait-and-see mode, buddy. We'll have to wait and see. We had not enough qu- Twitter questions tonight, probably because I tweeted it out. <laughs> I need that TJ McBride uh-huh. clout, buddy.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit too tired to be tweeting right now, so I don't know if I really even got that far. And plus, we will get our Twitter questions in. Were there any that we I just didn't see? We got one from our guy, Sean, but I think we should just shelve it for
0: the next episode. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll collect it for the next episode. We'll just try not to over push this a little bit too much because I am tired. Me too. I am Before we to go, go to
0: bed. I want to break the fourth wall for a second on the air. What did you? How think? does that work? What did you think of the podcast tonight?
1: Oh, God. I'm asking you on the podcast. This podcast has been absolutely damn awful yeah, because not our best. I cannot even think right now. And this is not because of the one beer that we each had. This is no. not a drunk podcast. We are so tired right now. Like, you drove Uber to, what, 4 a.m. last night? Oh, yeah. I was up till like, 4 riding last night myself. I am tired. I am ready to go home and get some sleep. Yeah, I don't feel good about this one. I'll let you know, though, because I listen <laughs> to you them listen to and, and you I don't. Do not. My yeah. voice sounds awful in my head, so I don't do that stuff. Okay. But <laughs> let's go to bed, dude. This is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and comment. Tell us all the things that you hate about how this podcast was just somber and stupid. But the Nuggets are in the eighth seed right now. Let's throw a party. They're, they're building their way on. Up, they're looking significantly closer to where we want them to be. I mean, th- 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 this team is not falling apart. I think we need to just wait and kind of see where it goes from here. And I'm excited to see how this goes. Agreed. All right, buddy. that's it. Have a good night, everybody. this is bouncing. They like the way I be leaning. All the rappers
0: be hating. Hope the track that I'm making. for all the horses, they love it just to see one of us making. Came from the bottom to the
1: top of the box. London, Japan, and i straight up the block. Like a running back. Kid it, man. I'm straight. Off the block, I can run it back because 'cause I'm straight with the rock. Come you feeling like a pimp, nip, brush your shoulders off. Ladies, it's pips too, brush your shoulders off. crazy baby, don't forget that boy, kid. up Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and the time has come for you and your friends to have some fun. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, basketball, college, and all your favorite sports events. You can take a side, total, or try their in-game live action. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and use promo code CHAMPION to be entered into our amazing prize pool. That's MyBookie.net promo code CHAMPION. Get in on the action today. No deposit is necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all or situations.